Hi, I'm Michael Weber, Artistic Director of Chicago's Porchlight Music Theatre. Opening in May 1898 at the Théâtre de Vaudeville in Paris, Zaza was a French-language play written by Pierre Burton and Charles Simon. The title character is a sex worker who becomes a music hall entertainer and the mistress of a married man. The play is probably best known in the English-speaking world in the adaptation of the same title by the legendary David Belasco, which opened on Broadway at the Garrick Theatre January 9, 1899. It is also the source material for the 1900 opera Zaza by Ruggiero Leon Calvello. Between 1913 and 1956, Zaza was filmed at least six times, including noted productions in 1923 starring Gloria Swanson and in 1939 starring Claudette Colbert. The Screen Guild Theatre was a radio anthology series broadcast from 1939 until 1952 at the height of the golden age of radio. Leading Hollywood performers appeared throughout the series' run, and fees that would ordinarily have been paid to the stars and the studios were instead donated to the Motion Picture Relief Fund and were used for the construction and maintenance of the Motion Picture Country House, which is still in operation today. Today. The radio series began with a variety format with mixed success at the start. In later years, the program increasingly came to rely on adaptations of major motion pictures, presenting a considerable challenge to radio scriptwriters who had to compress the screenplay narrative into 22 minutes. The variety version of the Screen Guild Theatre frequently featured stars performing their signature entertainment and then coming together in a group presentation. And that is what we have for you on today's program, featuring three of the biggest stars of Broadway and Hollywood joining forces, which culminate in a spoof of one of the noted show successes of the time, the aforementioned Zaza. Here are the stars, Bob Hope, Martha Ray and Fanny Bryce, with Hanley Stafford as Baby Snooks and Daddy, MC George Murphy and Maddie Malnick's band in the March 19, 1939 episode of The Screen Guild Theater. <laughs> Everybody. Tonight, your neighborhood good golf dealer joins the Gulf Oil Companies in presenting another program in this series of reviews, musical comedies, and dramatic shows. All the varied entertainment forms of Hollywood. So welcome all of you to the Motion Picture Star's own program. Welcome to the Gulf Screen Guild Show. With Fanny Bryce, Bob Hope, Martha Ray, and Lee Stafford, Oscar Bradley, and Hollywood favorite master of ceremonies, George Murphy. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another of the Motion Picture Star's own programs, the Gulf Screen Guild Show. Each week, we bring you a different type of entertainment, written, directed, and acted by the greatest names in the motion picture industry, for the benefit of the Motion Picture Relief Fund. Last week, it was a comedy. Next week, a drama, with Kay Francis, Leslie Howard, Irving Pitchell, Mary Nash, and Virginia Widener. Tonight, it's a review, starring Fanny Bryce, Bob Hope, Martha Ray, and Hanley Stafford. 
Directed by David Butler and written by Phil Rapp under the musical direction of Oscar Bradley. And so now, on with the show and our first Screen Guild star for tonight, Martha Ray. <laughs> Hello, George. Hello, Martha. You certainly look lovely. Oh, everything looks lovely. Ah, spring. What a wonderful time of the year. You know, George, I was in the park all morning greeting the little baby flowers. Greeting the little baby flowers? Yes. I bent over and pinched the little petals and said, Hiya, bud, hiya, bud, hiya, bud. (laughs) Ah, yes, summer will soon be with us. Well, that's to be expected, Martha. We always have mild weather after Groundhog Day. Oh, you said we always have... uh, uh, After what day? Groundhog, Groundhog. Martha, you know what Groundhog is, don't you? Oh, sure, sausage. (laughs) No, no, Martha. A Groundhog... A groundhog is an animal that runs backwards when it sees its shadow. Oh, yeah, I've been on a lot of them at Santa Anita. <laughs> but you know, George, I'm going out to Santa Anita tomorrow. Tomorrow? Wait yeah. a minute, Martha. They haven't been any races at Santa Anita for over a week now. Yeah, I know. I want to see how it feels to be there once without losing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great idea, sure. Martha. I think I'll go with you. So let's set the time right after you sing, Taint Necessarily So, from Borgie and Beth.
12. And now, just a word from John Conti. Thank you, George. Ladies and gentlemen, they say that seeing is believing. Well, tonight, I'd like to tell you about a time when hearing is believing. And that's when you hear the way Gulf no-knocks ethyl gasoline quiets down your car and ends motor knocks. Now, you've heard motor knocks in your car often enough when you're driving up a steep hill or when you accelerate suddenly on the level. Well, just try a tank full of Gulf no-knocks. Drive up the same steep hill or accelerate in the same way and listen. With no-knocks in your tank, you don't hear the same annoying pinging sound at all. Instead, your motor gives you quieter, smoother performance almost immediately. And in the long run, you probably save money on your upkeep ex expenses, too. So won't you drive in tomorrow at the sign of the Gulf Orange Disc and try just one tankful of Gulf No-Knox gasoline. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here is Fanny Bryce and her incredible characterization of that preposterous, lovable child, Baby Snooks. Tonight, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Daddy is played by Hanley Stafford. Daddy is sick in bed, and the doctor has just finished his examination. Well, Doctor, you think I'll be all right? Oh, yes, but uh, stay as quiet as possible, and don't give that rash a chance to break out again. Yes, I'll be careful, Doctor. Oh, uh, is it all right if I answer a few letters on the dictaphone? Oh, I don't think that'll hurt. But remember, no excitement of any kind. No. Okay, Doctor, no excitement. Well, good night. Uh, goodbye, and thanks. Hmm. Now, let's see this mail. Where's that dictaphone switch? Oh, here. Hello, Daddy. Oh, Snooks, I've asked you not to disturb me this morning. I'm busy. Was the doctor here, Daddy? Yes, he's just left. Now, run along. All right. A gentleman, yours of the 15th instant received and contents... Daddy! Are you still here? Did the doctor bring his little black bag? Yes. Have I been a good little girl, Daddy? Yes. Well, ain't you going to let me see the baby? There isn't any baby. Now, please leave me alone. I'm supposed to have absolute quiet. I want to stay here. Now, Snooks, the doctor said if I get excited, I'll break out in a rash again. Now, go away and let me get these letters off. All right, Daddy. <clears throat> Gentlemen, yours of the 15th is received. Daddy! What do you want? Who are you talking to? I'm not talking to anybody. That is, I'm talking to my secretary, but, but she's not here. Do you feel all right, Daddy? <laughs> yes, I feel fine. And when I don't feel all right, I'll take my medicine. Now, leave me alone. <clears throat> Gentlemen, yours of the 15th instant... Are you talking on a telephone? No, this is a dictaphone. It's a dictating machine that plays records. I don't hear any music. <laughs> it doesn't play music. And what's it for? It's a machine that takes letters. Like the mailman? Yeah. No. Then where does it take them? Nowhere, nowhere. <laughs> Look it. Look at what? There's a strawberry on your face. Oh, <laughs> oh uh, gentlemen, those are the 15th instant received in comments. Daddy. Want... Oh, what's the use? Now what do you want? There's another strawberry. <laughs> I know it. You make me get so excited, and uh, now the rash is coming back. It's Yes. How'd you get it? Oh, I ate something that didn't agree with me. So it comes out on my face. Did you eat strawberries? <laughs> no, I ate fish. You ate fish and a strawberry comes on your face? Yes. Uh, if you ate strawberries, will a fish come on your face? <laughs> no. Why? Oh, 
because I'm not sensitive to strawberries, only to fish. Oh. Daddy! What is it? Do fish eat strawberries? Oh, how do I know? Leave me alone with the fish and strawberries. I have to work. On a machine? Yes. Gentlemen, receive your strawberries of the 15th picture. Oh, what am I saying? You better take your medicine, Daddy. I don't need any medicine. I'm all right. I'm calm. I'm not excited. I, I think I got a fever. What you putting in your mouth, Daddy? I'm going to take my temperature. With a cigar? Oh, oh my sake. I don't know what I'm doing. Where's the thermometer? Here, Daddy. Oh, Mm. Does it taste good? Mm. Mm-hmm. Can't you talk with you've done. The machine is wrecked. It'll cost me a hundred dollars. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, where's the thermometer? You swallowed it, Daddy. Oh, good heavens. Call the doctor. I'm dying. Oh, oh. wait a minute. Here, here's the thermometer. It fell on the bed. Oh, thank heaven. You feel better, Daddy? Yes, yes. <laughs> there ain't no more strawberries on your face, Daddy. Huh? No, no, sir, sweetie. Really? No. Oh. Now they look like tomatoes. <laughs> Wait. Get me, get me my medicine. That, 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 give me that powder. Hand me that glass of water. Shall I put the powder in the glass, Daddy? Yes, yes, but not too much. Just enough to cover a dime. I'm dying. Wait, I'll get a dime from my bank. Oh, that dictaphone. A hundred dollars. I'll never get well. Snooks, hurry up with that medicine. Here, Daddy, drink it down, Daddy. Here. Oh! Oh, it burns, Snooks. How much powder did you put in this glass? Huh? I told you only to put in enough to cover a dime. Well, I couldn't find a dime, so I used ten pennies, Daddy. <laughs> Oscar Bradley might not be tall, but he proves that he's a big man in things musical by swinging out with his own arrangement of Could Be.
Well, nice working laughter. That just could be as it should be. Hi, this is Porchlight Music Theater Marketing and Communications Director Mike Porto. If you value programming like this, please consider making a donation today at porchlightmusictheater.org. We appreciate your consideration and hope you enjoy the show. Now, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, pardon me, is this a Screen Guild show? Why, it's Bob Hope. George? Hello, Bob. Say, you know, it's really been a long time since I've seen you. Times have certainly changed. I'll say times have changed. Remember, you used to dance? <laughs> yeah, and you, you used to tell funny jokes? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, George. I like that George Murphy. He's a big hit out here in Hollywood, and he deserves it, too. He's so democratic. I'm different. I snub everyone I meet out here. I snub everybody. That's so if I ever get to be a big movie star, people won't say I've changed. <laughs> do all right in Hollywood, though. I got a lot of fan mail on my last picture. I just made one mistake. I sent it before the picture was released. <laughs> but they treat me nice. They treat me nice at Paramount. The producers are so wonderful, and the directors are so wonderful, and my salary is so, so. I, I have a nice contract. My option comes up every Monday. I spend the weekend in an oxygen tent. <laughs> But I can't say too much for this climate out here in California. The air is so wonderful. My grandmother arrived here one afternoon, and the next day she came in fifth at Santa Anita. <laughs> yes, uh, she would have done better, but she dropped her cane. And my relatives, my relatives like my work in pictures so much, they all came out here in person to congratulate me. In fact, I have so many relatives in my house now, I had to build bleachers in the guest room. <laughs> Hollywood. One thing about Hollywood, I like the way the men dress. They're so casual. It's the only town in the country where you can wear a turtleneck sweater with a tuxedo. <laughs> and in order, in order to be in style, your coat and trousers must be of different colors. Yesterday, I saw a brown dog with his bottom half dyed green. <laughs> but I want to tell you, when you come to Hollywood, the only way to see everything is to take one of those buses. Last week, I took one of those sightseeing tours of the movie stars' homes, and I found out I'd been living in the wrong house for two years. <laughs> I have a lovely house. I live about three miles from Hollywood, as the landlord's escrow flies. I... I have... Oh, that's all right. I... I have a nice little place on the side of a hill. It's so steep, the milkman has to leave the milk in square bottles. <laughs> it's the only house in Hollywood where you have to wear spurs to stay in bed. <laughs> My brother doesn't like it. He sleeps with me and he's ticklish. I, I don't mind the house being in a slight incline, but I wish the guests would wipe their feet before walking on the wallpaper. <laughs> If I ever hear a burglar downstairs, I'll creep out into the garden and gently push the house over him. <laughs> Egg. The place is... <laughs> I thought that would be a scream. But anyway, I want to tell you, my house is very easy to find. You go up a long hill and you see a beautiful house nestling in there in among the flowers and the trees. In the window of that house is a ham. That's not my house. <laughs> I live in a tent in the back. Drop it anytime, folks. Thank you. Right. Thank you, Bob. Thank you.
you, Bob. He'll bet as well. Now, ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest love songs that ever came from the pen of George and Albert Gershwin becomes a screen gill highlight as Miss Martha Ray sings Dave Rose's arrangement of The Man I Love. Someday he'll come along, the man I love, and he'll be big and strong, the man I love, and when he comes my way, I'll do my best to make him stay. He'll look at me and smile.
ladies and gentlemen, in just a minute, Fanny Bryce, Bob Hope, and Martha Ray will give you their version of a gay 90s melodrama, Fifi the Flame of Paris. But now let's hear a few words from John Conti. With spring officially only one day away, we'd like to extend a sincere invitation to all of you to let your neighborhood good golf dealer help you get ready for the new season. Of course, he can't come into your house and help with the cleaning, but he can help with the family car. For instance, now that we're having more warm days, it's wise to have him check the water in your radiator and in your storage battery. And as a kind of a spring tonic, you better have him fill your tank with that famous Gulf No-Knox ethyl gasoline that we mentioned earlier this evening. Then you know that your car will give you top performance. Yes, for extra quality in both products and service, stop at your independent neighborhood good Gulf dealer. He takes a real personal responsibility for giving your car the best possible care. That's why it pays to make the good golf dealer your dealer. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the Screen Guild show presents Fifi the Flame of Paris. Fanny Bryce plays Fifi, Martha Ray plays Charmaine, Bob Hope plays Henry Toulouse, and I will play the part of Jack Potts, and I hope no one hits me. The scene, the scene is Paris, the spring of 1894. Fifi, the idol of Paris, is singing softly as Charmaine, her maid, dresses her luxuriant hair. I'm only a boy in a gilded cage. I'm Fifi, the glamour girl. I once had a honey with plenty cash. He called me his little foil. And then how come you lead a single life? And still not upon the same. Someone else was preferred. So I got the bird. And she got the guilty taste. Charmaine, Charmaine, somebody's knocking on the door. Maybe it's a man. Woo! I mean, we, ma'amselle. <laughs> it's, um, it must be that mystery man who has watched your performance every night. Do you think I should let him in? Oh, dear me, no. Not in your home at this hour of the night. It wouldn't be right, huh? Charmaine, is he tall? No, he's short. Has he got blonde, wavy hair? <laughs> no, he's bald. Mm, has he got maybe a good physique? Terrible. Is he a man? Yes. Send him in. Wait, I'll let him in myself. You go into the other room. All right. I'll comb your beautiful hair while I'm in there. <laughs> Oh, I beg your pardon. I must have knocked in the wrong door. I thought this was Schultz's butcher shop. It's a very natural mistake. Hmm. He thought this was a butcher shop. What do I look like, lamb chop? Pardon me. I'll be on my way. Uh, goodbye. I'll get him back by dropping this wallet. Excuse me. Did you drop this wallet? Take your foot off it and I'll see. Okay. If he reaches for it, I'll break his arm. Off with this sham and pretense, Fifi. I love you. Be mine. I'll make you the happiest girl in the world. Could I try a kiss on approval? Certainly, my sweet. Ah, petsident. <laughs> come, my pet flea. I mean, come, my pet flea with me. Yes. I'll tell my maid to pack my things. Oh, uh, Charmaine... <laughs> Yes, mademoiselle, I'm coming. You! Henry Toulouse. Curses my fiancée, Charmaine Drew. Adrip. How? How did you get off the flypaper? How dare you? How dare you talk to me like that? Oh, 23 skidoo, and I do mean skid. Pop, 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 
Dr. Vachilangvig, I am alone and helpless. Why? Why do you insult me? Because you're alone and helpless. Oh, you wouldn't do this. You couldn't do this. You wouldn't do this if my sweetheart Jack was here. Jack! 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 Where is that guy? I'll hit him right in the head. Here I am, Jack Pot to the rescue. Hey! Thanks, fellas, thanks. That's enough just in the nick of time. Unhand her, Henry, you villain. Stand up and fight and uh, come and get us. Ah, double feature. <laughs> I'm not afraid of you, Jack. You can't bluff me. You are bluffing, aren't you? No, I'm not. Put up your hand. Stop it. Don't move. I got a gun. Say, she has got a gun. Quick, Charmaine, do something. Okay, I'm holding Henry. Henry? Well, why don't you hold Fifi? Because it's more fun holding Henry. Yoo-hoo! <laughs> Say, as a matter of fact, you two look pretty good together. Tell you what I'll do. I'll take Fifi. Oh, no, you don't. She's mine. I said I'll take Over her. my dead body. Well, let's not fight about this. Let's let the cards decide. Okay, the cards. One game of pinochle. We'll play for Fifi's love. And on the side, ten cents a hundred. <laughs> I refuse to let you play pinochle for my love. Let's play bridge. We can all make some money. <laughs> all right, I'll be Fifi's partner. Will you two hold your ears for a minute? I want to set the signals with my partner. All right, but no cheating now. Now listen, Fifi. Very simple. If I talk about my heart, you bid hearts. Uh huh. If I admire your ring, you bid diamonds. Uh huh. If I say I was digging in the garden, you bid spades. Uh huh. And if I mention the Elks, you bid clubs. Got it? Uh huh. Caffeine. Come on, partner. The cards are all dealt. Ah. Uh... Both of the men in my life are in, in love with another woman. Uh-huh. This is a fate worse than death. One club. I pass. One heart. What do you bid, Fifi? Uh, let me see. Uh, what's that on your finger, Fifi? A mole. Uh, <laughs> a mole. That's the first square-cut mole I've ever seen. I was talking about the stone in your ring. It's beautiful. Say, it's as big as an elk's tooth. Uh, oh, an elk. Uh, two clubs. Yeah. <laughs> Fifi, move your head over here so I can get my lips close to your ear. You want to vista something? No, I want to use it for a bean shooter. Remember the ring? Not clubs, diamonds. Just a minute, two louse. Hey, wait a minute, that's too loose. Pause there, friend. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Nevertheless, my friends, you're cheating. Take that. Please, help! He killed Henry. He's dead. Oh, well, he had a rotten hand anyway. <laughs> What goes on in here? Hello, Daddy. Stick to the script. Has there been shooting in here? Yes. Ah, Blue, you must be more quiet. The neighbors are complaining. Bonsoir. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, officer. You can't do this to me. I just shot this man. You've got to take me to prison. Pardon, I am not going that way. Wait, look. The corpse has on a false mustache. The mustache, I will rip him off. Ouch, give me back my upper lip. <laughs> voila! It is Gentleman Joe, the diamond thief. There is a reward for him. But he gets a reward for being a diamond thief. The reward is yours, Charmaine, for discovering him. 50,000 francs. Yeah, man, vive la France. Charmaine, Charmaine, darling, all of a sudden I realize that it is you that I love. Come, let me put my arms around you and the money. Darling! Oh, yes. what is to become of me? One of my sheets is dead, and the other has deserted me. Oh, cruel fate. There's only one thing left for me now. Oh, gendarme. Oui, mademoiselle? What are you doing tonight, Kitty? Thank you, Fanny Bryce, Bob Hope, Mark Ray, Hanley Stafford, and Oscar Bradley for a 12 screen deal show. We'll see you all again next week. John Conti speaking. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.
Bob Hope conquered the radio medium at nearly the same time he found success in motion pictures. His crowd-pleasing performance in the film The Big Broadcast of 1938 brought him to the Pepsodent Show radio series, which aired over 10 years as a top-rated program. Hope, by 1938, a veteran entertainer, had established a very popular persona, brash, yet not too serious about himself, and a comic wiseacre who endeared himself to his audience by taking them into his confidence. The format of the Pepsodent show was straightforward, a monologue by Hope, exchanges and skits with his regular cast and guest stars, and a concluding skit. The manic comic character of his Pepsodent sidekick, Jerry Colonna, was also a popular attraction on the show, but it was Bob Hope's famous opening monologue, as we heard demonstrated on today's program, which rooted each week's installment. The Baby Snook Show starred comedian and Ziegfeld Follies alumna Fanny Bryce as a mischievous young girl who was 40 years younger than the actress who played her when she first went on the air. The radio series began on CBS September 17, 1944, airing on Sunday evenings at 6.30 as post-toasties time for sponsor General Foods. The title soon changed to The Baby Snook Show, and the series was sometimes called Baby Snooks and Daddy. Bryce and Hanley Stafford brought Baby Snooks and Daddy to television only once, an appearance on the June 12, 1950 edition of CBS TV's Popsicle Parade of Stars. This was Fanny Bryce's only appearance on television, with Baby Snooks portrayed by the adult Bryce in a little girl's outfit. Bryce later admitted that the character of Baby Snooks just didn't work properly when seen, and like other radio adults-as-children characters, such as Red Skelton's Junior, the Mean Widow Kid, Fibber McGee and Molly's Teeny, and Lou Costello's Little Louie, Baby Snooks was best left to the imaginations of the radio audience. Martha Ray, nicknamed the Big Mouth, made her Broadway debut in the 1934 musical Review, Calling All Stars. In 1940, she co-starred in Hold On to Your Hats, opposite Al Jolson in his last Broadway show. In 1967, she joined the historic ranks of leading ladies in the original run of Hello, Dolly, and her last Broadway appearance was in 1972, replacing the great Patsy Kelly in the hit revival of No, No, Nanette. She was honored in 1969 at the Academy Awards as the Jean Hirschholt Humanitarian Award recipient for her volunteer efforts and services to the American Armed Forces over the years. Theaters across the country need your support now more than ever. We hope you'll consider a donation to Porchlight Music Theater today. Just go to porchlightmusictheater.org. Until next time on Classic Musicals from the Golden Age of Radio, I'm Michael Weber. Music